Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, Western Canada's premier travel podcast, where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. One of the emerging destinations that's gaining popularity is Croatia. So in a few moments, we're going to find out what it's like to explore that area with Katarina Line Cruises, plus freelance travel writer Carol Patterson is going to join us a little bit later on to share her recent visit to Portland, Oregon. So we'll find out what there's to see and do there. But I wanted to start our podcast focusing on those new parents who may be a little bit bit hesitant to take their new baby on an aircraft to fly and, well, perhaps see their grandparents. Well, there's some great tips out there from the folks at Cheap Flights, and they have a blog post on their website, cheapflights.ca, called Air Travel Tips for New Parents. And joining us now to discuss it further is Jess Hopper. She is the editor with Cheap Flights. Hi, Jess. Hi, thanks for having me. Quite a comprehensive list of tips you have here. Air travel tips for new parents. You can find it on cheapflights.ca. I suppose uh, even if you're not a new parent, but you're traveling with an infant, these are uh, pretty good tips. Where did the where did you get your consultation from for all these uh, tips? So we did talk to quite a few parents who have uh, traveled with uh, kids before, because you know airlines will give. Uh, their own information beforehand, but, um, you know, the people who have actually traveled with kids often have their own secret tips or insider tips that have worked for them in the past, and they're eager to share it with other parents who are maybe overwhelmed by the idea of bringing their kids on a long flight. (laughs) Well, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Right. Well, yes, infants are notoriously unpredictable, um, and for that reason, it's best for parents to kind of prepare and plan ahead for any of the uh, possibilities. Um, You know, we really recommend parents think through each of the different steps of their their trip, each of the different legs, and identify what issues might arise and how their kids might respond to that and come up with a game plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, this is quite a comprehensive list. You've got your pre-trip preparation. You've got tips for the day of travel. You've got the airline guides, which I think is uh, very good because not all airlines are created equal when it comes to traveling with infants, right? Right, absolutely. Everyone has their own line, um, different rules. Um, each airline has, you know, regu- uh, guidelines that we've compiled here, um, and we do have contact information there as well. So it's best to start your planning early in case you do have questions. You can get in touch with your specific airline and uh, see what might be the case for that one. Even uh, the decision of buying a seat for your infant, if the child has their own seat, at least you have the space there and they're not sitting on your lap for the whole time if it's an oversold flight. Right, absolutely. It gets everybody um, a little bit more space, makes them a little bit more comfortable. It is, you know, an added price, but it is one that's going to make the whole day a little bit more easy. And in addition, uh, kids who don't have their own seats, they're not going to have their own um, checked luggage to accompany that. And it is difficult to pack light when traveling with kids. So you do just get that extra uh, luggage allowance as well. Very true. I never thought of that either because they can uh, carry on or they have their own uh, checked luggage as well. Because, you know, there's going to be extra checked luggage, that is for sure. Now, uh, one thing that's on here is uh, documentation. Make sure that you have all the necessary documents, especially if you're traveling out of the country, right? Yeah, absolutely. So there's no age restrictions on having a passport. You know, BB says... Uh, young as infants can have passports, and even it might be a good idea if you are traveling with a child who's right around the age of two or younger, um, and if they don't have their own seat, sometimes airlines might uh, want to see proof of age just because um, often restrictions are that children over the age of two must book their own seat. So it's good to have some proof. And two is the magic number, isn't it? 
It is, yeah. Two, um, at the age of two or around uh, 20 kgs weight will kind of determine what the airline's um, allowance will be. Uh, did you get any tips on uh, infants' ears when uh, takeoff and landing? It seems to me that's uh, always the one that makes parents nervous. Uh, how, are the, how are the children going to handle the pressurization in their ears? Did you get any advice on that? Yeah, definitely. That's something that's probably going to be um, kind of a new experience for kids unless they've had that cold. So for older kids, you know, gum or a hard candy that they can chew on or suck on is going to help. Um, for babies and younger kids, a bottle or, you know, some, some water, some milk will help have that same motion to kind of clear their ears. Um, or if it gets, you know, if it's more of a problem, you can always ask a flight attendant for a warm washcloth to hold over their ears, and that will help alleviate some of the pressure. And now what about uh, child restraint systems? I know there's different types. Uh, are you talking about car seats here? Can you, can, are you allowed to use a car seat if you, have a, if you bought the old, your own seat or the seat for yeah, the child? So, right. So when you buy your car seat, it will be labeled as to whether or not it's approved by Transport Canada for, um, airplane, for carrying on to airplanes. Um, so that works for, for younger kids. Um, you know, it will be a, a back free back-facing car seat that you'll need to install into um, the seat. And for older kids, you can buy specific harnesses that um, are shaped similarly to the car seat harness where you just wrap it around the airplane seat and it makes it a little bit more comfortable. It protects their chest a little bit and and holds them uh, more securely into the seat than would a regular standard airplane um, seat belt. Well, it's, it certainly helps to have all kinds of tips, and uh, you can find them on cheapflights.ca. Air travel tips for new parents. Jess Hopper is uh, editor with cheapflights.ca. We could go on, Jess, but time is our enemy here, so we touched on a few things. If uh, people want to uh, check out all the tips, they can check your website. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Well, one emerging destination that's becoming more and more popular to visit is Croatia. And one way to see it is by taking a cruise around the islands of Croatia. And one company that offers up that experience is Katarina Line Cruises. So joining us now to tell us more about Katarina Line and visiting Croatia in general is the marketing director for Katarina Line, Daniel Hauptfeld. Hi, Daniel. Hello, hello. Tell me uh, about Katarina Line. I, I'm looking on your website, Katarina Line, or actually it's Katarina-Line.com. On there it says 27 years of excellence, so you've been around for a while. Yes, now we're celebrating 27th year uh, that my mother, actually, Katarina, founded a small incoming travel agency in Croatia here. Nice. How many ships do you have now? How many did you start out with and how many, how many do you have now? Well, we actually started just as an incoming agency providing accommodation for clients from all over Europe. And then my mother started two years later in 94 with only two ships, gathered these small wooden traditional built Croatian boats, uh, very simple uh, boats at that time. And uh, long story short, today we have 62 ships in our fleet in six different categories. Wow, that's like a small navy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So tell me a little bit about Croatia. I've never been. So what does Croatia offer uh, to tourism and tourists and people uh, visiting? Well, one thing that I'd like to point out at the beginning, which I always do whenever I'm in the United States and Canada for the different travel shows, it's safety. We are probably in the top three countries in the world in terms of safety, and people don't know that, uh, but they feel it once they're here. And then we can start talking about all the beautiful nature that we have. We have over 1,200 islands along our coast. Uh, we have all four seasons, so we you know exactly when it's summer, when it's winter, spring, or fall. And... Uh, Coming back to the to the islands, this is where our cruises come in because we want to show you not just the inland of Croatia but also Croatia from the sea. Uh, I also forgot to mention that uh, to give to some of the new clients who are, who don't know much about Croatia, I want to give, put our country in perspective. So we are on the other side of Italy but above Greece. So these islands that I mentioned, they are like continuation of the Greek islands. Many clients that we had from the United States have already told me that they remind them a little bit of the Florida Keys type of islands, and that's how we, we, we cruise through these islands. Mm-hmm. Itineraries, we have many. Uh, three starting points, all from Croatia, one here in the north where our headquarters are, Opatia. We are only two hours away from Venice, Italy, by car. And then most of our cruises go from Split and from world-famous city of Dubrovnik, like I mentioned, Game of Thrones, also known as the King's Landing. (laughs) Uh, So uh, there's a lot to choose from. Is there one that sort of sells out uh, the most or does a a bigger uh, overview of Croatia? Yeah, that's that's the one traditionally sells the best. It's departing from Split and coming back to Split. Uh, because Split is some uh, the town which is in the middle of Croatian coast, uh, so that's where you can go to Dubrovnik and back. Most of our itineraries are seven days, so seven days on the sea every day on a different island, visiting the city of Dubrovnik, spending a night there, and in the next few days coming back to Split, when you can then you can continue your vacation, be it within Croatia or fly out of Split to other places in Europe. So mm-hmm. split, split uh, route would be the most sought after, say. Uh, I imagine I'm, I'm looking at some of the uh, photos on your website. Again, it's katerina-line.com. Uh, lots of history, lots of culture. There's lots to take in there. Can you do it all in seven days? No, it's very hard. That's why you have different itineraries. And, so, and because uh, half of our success is thanks thanks to uh, returning clients. You have many returning clients that come for many different reasons. Most of them want to see different parts of Croatia. Lots of them were very happy with the ship or with their captain or with their crew. Uh, So returning clients want different routes, different uh, itineraries. And uh, also what's been... uh, been doing well last three years is our land and cruise program Mm -hmm. so this is something that we have introduced we were asked by our canadian uh, agents actually at the beginning if we can provide the the land part so that clients can also visit 
our capital Zagreb or start from Venice and then join our cruise. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be a great way to, to see uh, all or get a better overview of Croatia, go inland a bit, spend a few days and then cruise around some of the islands. Tell me, be, uh, tell me about some of the ships now. You said you have a lot of them to choose from. Uh, what, are, what is uh, the onboard experience like? Well, yeah, we have now 62, but you have to remember uh, or know that our ships are maximum 36 clients per ship. So these are like more, basically we call them small yachts, mm-hmm. especially the top two category ships, which are called deluxe and superior deluxe. And also when in United States, I learned to describe them in Vegas terms. So the, the superior deluxe would be our Bellagio's, uh, the deluxe would be at the Mirage standard level, and then the lower categories would go on, so and so forth. Uh-huh. Um, and these two top categories were primarily built for the U.S., Canada, and Australian markets. The experience on the ship is amazing because we have the crew who takes care of all our clients. So we have here, first and foremost, our chef and his helper, a uh, captain who's usually the owner of the ship, and then additional crew. So we do have meals on board the ship. Uh, of course, a fully stocked bar, <laughs> which is always a place to be in the every afternoon or evening. Um, most of the day, our clients spend swimming somewhere in the hidden bays, uh, Around noon, 1 o'clock, we have lunch on the ship. And then every day at 5 or 6 o'clock on, on all of our cruises, we dock into small ports of Croatia. So we have no night cruising, and that's where we differ from big cruise night cruise lines. And this gives the clients a chance to meet Croatians, to see all these cities, uh, see the different culture, styles of towns and, and, and our people. Mm-hmm. Well, it does sound, uh, and I imagine that be, with smaller ships, you can go into areas that bigger ships can't, so you really get a, a feel for for Croatia, yeah? Exactly. That, that's the half of, a, half of the trick, that we go into all the smallest towns. Some of them we visit along our way, and we dock always in the center of the towns. Uh, so your hotel, your room on your cabin is always in the center of the town because all of our small towns were built around the harbors. That's their gateway towards the world. Mm-hmm. So you can always wander off the ship and you just have to come back to the center, which is the harbor, and you're back on your boat. Uh, what are the accommodations like, the cabins like? Obviously, they're smaller ships, so uh, you're going to have a smaller cabin uh, compared to some of the bigger ones, but very comfortable, I would think. Yeah, our traditional boats are still there. They're still running around. Those are where that's the very simple uh, type of accommodation. So these are the, the older wooden boats, which we of course have redone, refurbished. Uh, those still have bunk beds, common showers, and toilets. So that's how we started. These boats today we use for backpacker market. Uh, student groups, uh, that type of party cruises, spring break type of vacations. Mm-hmm. And those are very popular and very, very affordable. Where are higher category uh, ships? Uh, here we have maybe even better accommodation than in, in, in a hotel. So you can expect a four to five star type of a room cabin, which you can see our pictures on our webpage. Mm-hmm. But clients 
do not tend to spend that much time in the cabins on our shows. Mm -hmm. They're either in the saloon or swimming in the bay. So we use, a lot of clients say that their cabins were just their cupboards, places to put their things, places <laughs> to change and dress up to go out. Very nice. Well, it all sounds a great way to explore Croatia. It is the Katarina Line. The website, again, is katarina-line.com. And Daniel Hauptfeld is uh, Marketing Director for Katarina Line. Uh, appreciate uh, you taking the time, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you for your call and hope to see you in Croatia one of these days. Well, if you've been to Portland, Oregon, you know it's a nice little getaway for a few days. And if you haven't, you might want to check freelance travel writer Carol Patterson's latest blog about visiting Portland. It's on our website, carolpatterson.ca, and Carol is here now to share her latest experience in Portland, Oregon. Hi, Carol. Hi, Randy. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Uh, I've never been to Portland. Was this your first trip to Portland? Uh, it was my second trip to Portland, and the first one was so long ago that it faded from my memory. But uh, this one was <laughs> was a lot more fun. <laughs> so I imagine there's been a few changes since the last time you were there. Um, I think that's, uh, that's yes. I think we can say that. So, so what um, took you to Portland this time out? Uh, well, I was lucky enough to get a seat on uh, WestJet's inaugural flight between Calgary and Portland. And so they're starting daily service between Calgary and and uh, Portland. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it was a chance to go down and explore the city. And um, I have to say Portland is probably one of those, I think, relatively unknown gems. Uh, you know, I think most of us know about San Francisco or Seattle, but Portland's um, it's got that same kind of West Coast vibe, but I just don't think it's been um, as discovered by a lot of travelers. So how many days were you there and what were some of the things that uh, caught your eye? Well, I was in Portland for two days, and then I took another uh, five days, I guess, to explore sort of southern Oregon. Uh, and the thing I liked the most about the Portland area, I think, was just how easy it was to get outside. And if you like the outdoors or if you like uh, culinary adventures, um, how you could combine them in Portland. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to do a cycle tour uh, with Cycle Portland, and so they rent bikes uh, a lot of people rent them to explore some of the city's uh, breweries and uh, and wine uh, makers. Mm. But uh, I did a little tour just around the, the river valley there, and uh, it's uh, got a lot of bridges and uh, some very interesting architecture. So uh, I was lucky I took a guided tour, and so I was able to learn a bit more about how the uh, the city's been set up for uh, cyclists and for people who want to leave their car behind on vacation. So It's not a big city, is it? Uh, well, the city itself is maybe not that big. When you get into the area, the metropolitan area, it mm. is quite large. So driving is uh, it's a challenge uh, if you hit it at rush hour. So uh, fortunately, you don't have to drive if you don't want to. Um, they have a very good light rail transit um, system, but if you'd like to get out of the city, and I think that's a good idea because there's a lot of great day trips outside of the area, you uh, <clears throat> you will find the, the traffic perhaps, uh, whatever, a bit intimidating at times, or maybe not intimidating, frustrating. Like any so. other city, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no different than uh, Vancouver, Edmonton, maybe Calgary on a, on a busy day. So. Did you uh, stay right in the downtown area? 
I did. Um, I stayed at a couple of different hotels. So I stayed at one uh, called the Hoxton, which is um, was a it's a concept. It comes from East London, their first location. So Portland was actually their second location, and it's an old building that's been uh, sort of reclaimed as a very cool hotel. And it was uh, it sort of struck me when I went into my room. Uh, there was a book on ghost stories of Portland, and uh, it sort of, to me, was kind of one of the unique features of this hotel in that they they put in different books into each room. So they're trying to integrate the hotel into the community. And so they picked a hundred and some people from the Portland area to pick 10 of their favorite books uh, because they've got some really cool uh, bookstores in Portland. Mm-hmm. But they picked 10 of their books and they put them in the room. So you're reading. I had a child's book on dreams and I had uh, something else on um the Travels of Narnia. So anyways, some really interesting books. They have a rooftop bar and they have a speakeasy in the basement and they have a a cool take on breakfast that I really enjoyed uh, where they give you a little bag and uh, if you'd like breakfast in the bag, you hang it on your door at night and you say what time you'd like your your bag returned and it comes with uh, yogurt, fruit um, and uh, a juice, I think it was. Nice. And what was the name of that one now? It's called the Hoxton. Okay, and now what was the other place you stayed at? Uh, the other one that I stayed at was Hotel Zag, and uh, I quite enjoyed it too. It was a little uh, further, I think, upriver, uh, but still within the downtown area. And it was another hotel that was uh, had sort of been um, spruced up, I guess, from an older hotel, but mm-hmm. it had some very nice dining areas outside. Uh, that you could sit and sort of enjoy that beautiful Portland climate. And the other thing I really liked about this hotel was they had something called the gear room. And they had, it looked like a, an outdoor shop, but everything in there you could take for two hours at no charge. Really? So they had, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had bicycles, they had skateboards, they had basketballs, they had yoga mats, backpacks, uh, fishing rods. Because uh, you're really close to the river there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so you could take any of that stuff and go explore Portland and then come back. And uh, they have a very nice restaurant there, the uh, Nell Central. And you could spend time, uh, like I say, like I did, just sitting on the uh, outside deck and enjoying the climate and planning your next day's adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now, did you get to try in the, you know, the local flu- foods? I mentioned, you mentioned that there's a lot of breweries and, and craft beers and things like that. So uh, any interesting foods that you tried when you're there? Uh, well, I, I did try some uh, homemade pasta. There's a, there's a lot of great restaurants right within walking distance of these hotels or any place downtown. Um, but I particularly liked uh, Grassa which had homemade pasta, and it was very reasonably priced. I think I paid $11 for my entree. And it was um, kind of an open seating area, so it was a very interesting place to people watch. Uh, and the other thing I did was uh, tried the donut, which uh, donuts are kind of a Portland uh, thing, I guess. Uh, people <laughs> take their, their donut eating very seriously, so uh, it's not quite like Tim Hortons. These are very funky donuts. Um, you'll find donuts with uh, bacon on top or... Huh. Uh, different, like, pink, like, strawberry donuts. Uh, I had one at the Blue Star Donuts, and it takes 18 hours for their dough to get ready to make it into the proper consistency for their donuts. That is so, a serious donut, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and the price kind of reflects that, but of course. still, it's a, a Portland experience. So <laughs> I, would, I would recommend uh, browsing the donuts. So what was uh, what was the thing you, you liked most about Portland that you would say, hey, you got to try this uh, if you're ever in Portland? 
I think the cycling, uh, for me, I think it's a great way to see the city and to get down along the river. Uh, you know, they have different music concerts along the river. Uh, for me, I like birds. There's a, an island in the, in the river that's um, an eagle, well, an eagle nesting site. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot for different people. Uh, they have a tram. You can park your bike with valet parking and hop on a tram if you want to get an aerial view of the river valley. And so there was uh, a lot of things to do. And I have to say there was a lot of things I didn't have time to do yeah. um, that make me want to go back to Portland. But mm-hmm. it, it has something, I think, for everybody. Yeah. And your overall impression now uh, of Portland, uh, what, were you expect- uh, what were you expecting going in? And, and was there uh, anything that really surprised you? I think going in, I thought it would be a new destination for me, even though, like I say, I'd been there once before. Uh I was expecting to see, you know, a lot of public transportation type things. But I think what surprised me about it when I got there was just all the innovation. Uh, It is, to me, a city that's uh, really reinventing itself in some ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, this at one time was an old port town, and now it's become kind of a headquarters for a lot of innovative companies. So Airbnb has its North American headquarters uh, not far from the hotel I was staying at. Uh, Under Armour, uh, Nike, a lot of these different athletic athletic companies have offices there or uh, or headquarters. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, anyways, it's for people that like the outdoors. It it was a there was just so much to do, and uh, yeah, that's what struck me was just uh, it's a place I would like to go back to. And where can people find your story uh, about uh, Portland? Uh, well, they can uh, check out my website. Um, I've also got information on another website, um, hikebiketravel.com, mm-hmm. uh, where I've written a story about my recent trip and explorations. And your website is carolpatterson.ca. That's uh, Patterson with two T's, by the way. And Carol Patterson is a freelance travel writer and blogger. Uh, thanks for your insights. I uh, appreciate it, Carol. I love doing it. Thanks, Randy. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.